One Word is a production of BFAC On Air. Welcome back, everyone, to One Word. One Word. One Word. One Word. Boy, you know what? We just got to this point in it, and can you believe season one is almost over? We only have two episodes left. Come back so next sad. week for SpongeBob. Sponge, no, no. <laughs> one word. One word. The musical. One word. The yeah. mu- oh, that would be a great one. That, that would be, be a great one. Sing That's the what whole next time. season is. <laughs> That's the next season. We're gonna sing the every episode. Yeah. Yes, the whole thing. It's we a will treat have, we'll have a piano really. player in the corner. Did you know that there's actually podcast musicals? Yes. 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 Me so and Chloe like, listened to oh one. It was so good. It was oh. so good. Which one? It was Go called ahead. 36 Questions oh, with yeah, Jonathan it's so Groff. Good. Yes. It's so good. That's a plug. We, he, they didn't pay us. If to, Jonathan to Groff is listening, first of all, hi, Jonathan Groff. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, we love your musical. Uh, well, well, we had a pretty Henry interesting episode here. We did. Yeah, so I found it's like a my. Have you ever had... This is for the listeners, okay? Listeners. Hey, listeners. Have you ever had that <laughs> moment in life where you've heard something so many times but you never like put its relevance together or you never <laughs> connected two dots to each other even though they were like when you're playing connect the dots as a kid even though they're like number one and number two you just never put those two dots together yeah. if you're, mm-hmm. right well that happens in this episode yeah, it does. for me and uh, for me. we talk about pecking order i'm not going to go into it no Listen to the episode, and maybe as you're listening to it, you'll be like, Dominic, you are so dumb. (laughs) That you didn't know that's what that meant. It really was a light bulb moment, though, for me, too. Yeah, I wasn't the only one. Yeah. At least we'll put that out there, okay? (laughs) Yeah. No, this is is a fun, um, fun episode. Well, not fun necessarily, but um, we did it's, get into it's very a, real. We got into a bit of sad topics. I mean, they're interesting topics, and they're ones that are interesting to think about. But they're also a little sad. Mm. But sad doesn't mean bad. Sad doesn't mean bad. Right. Means, let's think about it first. Let's, let's that's think a about great it. Way to put it. Let's think about and it. And I think there was a lot of cool history that I didn't necessarily realize before. Like, to, like when you hear this word, you're like, oh, okay, ostracism. But then delving into like where it came from it's just very intriguing yeah yeah and though the word sounds like ostrich it has no like direct correlation with animals unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately but we do talk about ostrich ostrichization <laughs> wow you did you did a great job with that word thank you that we talk about that with animals yes with animals yeah Hey, we're just going to, we don't have I'm to look it up. up. Let's I'm just pretend I said it right. <laughs> um, and if you say it right, I think that we should have a new pronunciation of it. Yeah. Just exclusively <laughs> now moving forward. Hold on. I'm going to play the pronunciation of it. Dang it. It didn't come up. Never mind then. Okay. That's great. <laughs> Ostracization. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yes, it might be, uh, as Chloe said, maybe it's a little sad, but I don't think it's sad with the intention of sad. No. no. I think it is, if you're feeling those emotions, it's a good thing to stop and think what the word could do to someone else Mm -hmm. and take those and make this uplifting by the actions you go forward with from hearing this episode. That's what I would say. That's what I would say about that. Yeah. 
Also, we're we're here for you. Yeah. <laughs> email us. You can email us. You can email us. We will us. respond. And that would be at one word at Batavia Fine Arts Center dot org. That center C E N T R E R E. Because we fancy. We fancy like that. We're yeah, the R E makes us a little fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. <laughs> That's a good way to remember it. That was good. I don't think there's any reason for me to talk any further. Without further ado, I just have one word for you. Ostracize. So today's word is ostracize. Mm. Yes. It is not about ostriches. I thought it was at first. <laughs> um, I ostrich. Right? The word ostrich. They're very tasty. Ew, what? Ew. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, my come gosh. On. Oh, my gosh. I, okay. I, I'll be, I don't know that. I, I, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know that to be a fact. I just said it. Let's well, just okay. don't write in. Consider yourself ostracized. Okay. <laughs> for eating ostriches. But, but I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Oh, let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the word ostracized. Now, Dominic's going to like this definition. Mm-hmm. The first definition is to exile by ostracism. <laughs> so good. Like what? And why, now why you know. say that? Right? Wh- why, right? We yeah. talked about isms last month, so you guys should we remember what that means. We did talk about isms. Yeah. So the ostracizer, ostracism, is basically the method of banishing mm-hmm. by popular vote, and there's some history to this, by pop trial yeah. or special accusation. It, this was practiced in ancient Greece. So there's actually, we're going to pull in another word real quick, if that's okay. Yes, please. Um, there is a word called ostracon. Have you ever heard of that? No. No. Okay, Until so, just now. Mine's <laughs> everywhere. Um, so ostracon is a piece of pottery that's usually broken off from a vase or a vessel. Um, they're also kind of known yeah. as like potsherds. So, oh, this part, I, I, I knew of this part. I just didn't know of that word. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So the word ostracized came from ostracon because what people would do back in like ancient Greece, they would vote people off, but they would write their names. You're voted off the island. Yeah, on these pieces of like pottery on these ostracons. So yeah. if your name was the general on the ostracons, then you were ostracized. And they, oh. and they actually, there's actual archaeological proof of this too. They've un, uh, unearthed these massive like pits of things where they just have all this pottery pieces in these pits with people's names on them. Interesting. And that's mm-hmm. their, like the uh, archaeological proof of the ostracism happening. And wh- where was it? When was this happening? This was happening like 1500s. Yeah. Um, ancient, ancient Greece type thing. And it, um, it was basically if the people were like, you know, it, it often was, or it started as being political. So it was like this political person <laughs> yeah. is not doing what we want. <laughs> They're not doing what we say. And, and sometimes it was be- out of danger. Yeah, they, they were getting too powerful. The government or the entity was in danger, mm-hmm. and so an ostracism was necessary to stop this person. Yeah, yeah, almost kind of like how we have hearings and things sometimes. Where you know, are we going to? Are we not going to? Is this person going to be eligible for for to run again or not? It's mm-hmm. for to it's, run. it's for to run know, again or not. That. You know what I mean, <laughs> right? For to run. <laughs> Uh, and I do run. Thank you very much. Nice yes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about kind of 
ancient Greek politics and what they mean to us? Because I feel like we need to understand some of what ancient Greek politics were okay. to understand where we are today Sure. to discuss all the things we want to discuss here, right? So, And the, to protect. Yes. So the, um, <laughs> the ancient Greece... Uh, the ancient Greek people are are really known for having the first democracy. Right. And I know you just broke down a word, but I'd like to break down another when word. When you really for you. break it down. Mm, I'm going to break it down right now for you. I'm going to break it down right here. I don't know. <laughs> was, no we, are not, our... we are not rappers. <laughs> we, are, we are definitely not. No, no. We so, are not rappers. We are podcasters. That's it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Go Jenna. Okay, I'm so sorry. I digress. So, Never apologize for that. Let's talk about <laughs> de- <laughs> democracia. Okay. Ooh. That is the original word. Democracia. Yes. And Athens was the first democracia in the world. And that they actually influenced the ancient Romans and the Roman Republic right. as we know it. So the last tyrant or tyrannos to rule Athens was uh, Hippias, and uh, he fled in the year 510 BC. And then a democracy and the democratic reforms started to happen. So democracy. So let's break that word down. Okay. The first part of it. Demo. Yes. That is basically of the people, for the people. Mm. Okay. And then the second part of that word is basically government. So the government of the people. The people's government is what that basically is. And I'm going to talk about Aristotle again. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, we remember I, I spoke about Aristotle in the honesty episode. Oh, yes, you I did. did. Yes, I Call did. Back. So if you want to hear more about Aristotle, you can look at it there. But basically, this was a belief that Aristotle had that there was a natural law that certain essential rights superseded any laws written by humans. And the rule of law was important because it allowed individuals and institutions to be held accountable for their actions. And for all of us, by agreeing to follow these laws, it can it can prevent abuses of power by leaders who might act as if they are above the law, Oof. which is part of the reason for the ostracizing of mm. people. An- another important ancient Greek co- concept that influenced our forming here mm-hmm. is the writing of a constitution. So in Athens, they had the constitution of Athenians, and that created a common standard. So those are some of the things that came with us from the Greek population. Okay, But there are certain things that did not come with the Greek democracy and government. Like ostracism? <laughs> like ostracism or banishment. That is one of them, yeah. The 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 ability to shout or hand-raise votes, okay. that did not come across oh, either. I'm so glad because that would stress me out. Wouldn't that stress <laughs> you like, out if you could just shout at people? Everybody calm down, okay? Calm it down. Our, uh, our democracy is similar in the city-state element of things, right? So the ancient Greek had all these city-states that would come together. 
Why do you think banishment and ostracism was not something that came over? Like, why did that not continue? You know, I, that's a great question. Maybe we, maybe I'll be honest. Maybe we answer that later on. Okay. I like that. Because it just seems interesting where it's like, if they felt like it worked, well, I wonder if they did feel like it worked well. Well, you know, and, like, and, and there is something to say that perhaps with, with the banishment, the ostracism, that the people's vote, because part of the democracy that, does transfer over is that, and I'm going to hold up finger quotes on this, people, that every person's vote counts equally to another's. Uh, I hold that up because we <laughs> all know that it wasn't every person's. It's It was a lot of times wealthy people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, in, in Athens, you had to, it started out that you had to prove that you were born there. You had to have one free parent. Uh, it started out as a mother. You had to have a free mother. Oh. Then it went to you had to have a free mother and father in order to vote. Okay. Uh, and we here, had you had to be a, uh, a land-owning male to vote in the United States of America. So that's how that started out. Uh, what, what what was I? What would you? Oh, oh, I was asking the, about like why it didn't why it didn't come over. But I guess in a sense, if you look at it in a different way, it sort of did because it's not necessarily banishing or ostracizing, but it is still taking that person out of power when we are voting. So when we are yeah. voting, the so only difference that could be said, and in my research, I, they specifically reference the election with George W. Bush the mm-hmm. first time and how everyone was shocked that the majority of votes could go to Al Gore right. and George W. Bush got fewer votes, but the electoral, electoral co- yeah. And, and, and part of that reason is because we were framed as a republic, which means we have the electoral college and we give our votes over to basically this electoral college mm-hmm. and that college is what votes for the president right. for us. Mm-hmm. So we were set up as a republic, not necessarily a democracy as the Greeks would have called it. Right. But yes, that vote, that's the same thing in some sense to that. If we did still have ostracism. Yes. Would that like, would you think, yeah, I got to ostracize some people, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know. Don't we do that? Well, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And yeah, we do. I think it's interesting because at the time that, you know, ostracism was created, it wasn't seen as like negatively as we see it today. Because when you think of someone now being ostracized, you think of that person like almost being ridiculed and like thrown out, like very mean spiritedly but back then it was just you're not working for our government you're so we're working. just gonna like politely ask you to leave you're a tyrant it's, you gotta go was it's it very polite different. do we know that like was it polite was it, it seems polite not. but i guess probably not <laughs> i don't I know mean, that I anything like it's reported politely if they were screaming really? and shouting everywhere <laughs> they were yeah, yeah, right? right? polite for them <laughs> Right, which sounds rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, ancient. Creations. A lot more people too were in public life back then. It was something like I, I think in some of the research, it was something like a third of men at some point served in one capacity or another. Interesting. Mm. That is far more than what we would have today. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, it almost feels like 
it's not the majority at all or even like close to it that serves in in politics. Yeah, and, and your terms in ancient Greece could be anywhere from one day. What? Yeah, as oh, little as a one-day term. Oh, I'll serve a one-day term. They're going to get a lot accomplished. The other thing that came <laughs> over, you can't, you really can't, no. was uh, jury duty, for example. Jury duty is one of the things that comes from the ancient <laughs> Greece as well. Is, is that exciting, Jenna? Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you. Have you been on a jury? I've never been on a jury. Oh, I've been on two. I know, and I'm so jelly. The so... last one, I was cast as the jury foreman. Which makes so much sense. (laughs) I've never been on a jury. I've never been called for jury Mm -hmm. duty. And I just want to write to them and be like, hello, uh, available. I'm available (laughs) any time you need me. Right? Uh, Yeah. Any time. I think it would be so much fun. One time I was in England. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they called you for jury duty. And they did not. Oi, Jenna. (laughs) You want to do a a British jury? (laughs) Wow, that was very cockney. That (laughs) was very right. That person would not have asked for me to be on a jury. Um, No, I was over there and I got to witness, like, you know, a case. And I just was so fascinated by it all and, like, the wigs and stuff that they wore. Did they really wear the silly wigs? Yes. That's so fun. Right? Anyway, that is like a production. They have been cast to be the they, judge. They, they have, have been, been cast. Absolutely. They wore those wigs well. <laughs> so can I ask this question? Please do. Do we not in our societies have the ability in one way or another to still ostracize? Oh, yeah. I mean, we completely do. I mean, that's really right now a huge thing. Well, I'm almost 40, so I don't know if this is actually accurate anymore. I'm not in the know. Mm-hmm. But cancel culture mm-hmm. was yeah. such a huge thing, and I think it's still such a huge thing, yeah. that that's basically ostracism, right? Where it's Very like much. somebody has done something that the masses on social media do not like. They get the other masses to basically be like, we are done watching, looking at, being a part of that person's thing. And canceling them, ostracizing them from society. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, so the reason of ostracism would be someone abusing their power or uh, keeping them from having that political influence. I, I think from time to time that our pop culture icons and humans, not necessarily always just pop culture, but... They have more influence on our lives and what we think, feel, do than politicians might sometimes. And so that kind of canceling, that ostracism, is take is kind of is it taking them out of power? Well, a lot of people like on the internet, especially like Twitter and YouTube, I think are where most cancel cancel culture sort of happens. But I think a lot of people that see it as, also like, came from uh, ancient Greek uh, Greece, by the way. Twitter, Twitter. Uh, yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, what? I was also <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> but a lot of people see it as like their duty to kind of if people are misusing their platform to take that platform away. Yeah. But also, well, sometimes people like get canceled for reasons that are essentially unjust. So what gives the people who are doing the canceling the like the right to cancel that's that's if that makes sense it makes perfect sense yeah and really the only it doesn't i don't think jenna correct me if i'm wrong but Mm -hmm. the the definition and ostracism doesn't necessarily take that into account at all it is just the popular opinion whether to ostracize someone or not Mm -hmm. 
So rather than taking a, a poll or a vote, we're basically canceling, as we're saying here, by raising our Twitter hand mm-hmm. or our yeah. Facebook hand. Is that kind of what we're saying? Yeah, that kind of frustrates me. One of like the biggest mm-hmm. things, like biggest lessons I've probably learned from my mom is just because a large group of people think one thing doesn't mean it's correct. And we and again, this goes back to the honesty podcast we had a couple a couple times ago. We touched on similar things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just when it comes to things like that, I mean, especially now when the large groups of people are so quick mm-hmm. to judge someone. Mm-hmm. And like, to be fair, there are some cases where like, yes, they deserve to be canceled, but there's enough evidence in cases where it was unjust that it just, I don't know. It, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when big groups of people get together, they get almost power hungry mm-hmm. and they're like, we have the power to end these people's careers. So why don't we for the smallest things? Mm-hmm. And I feel like people word it that way too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where it's like, we have the power. Go tell your friends. Let's get this person out of here. And it, yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's very much not good. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I researched before, um, today's podcast episode was like influence on people Mm -hmm. and what some of like those biggest like factors are and the number one thing of influence is people like peer pressure and Mm. just like other people's opinions and obviously social media is one of the biggest platforms to get your opinion out there which um like i mean it makes sense as to why then large groups of people are so quick to act and create opinions on things that aren't necessarily true because we also touched in a past episode of um, how quick false information is spread. Yeah. And it's another thing. And like a tire entire group of people can believe this thing that's not even true. And it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Plus they can I think sometimes people are quick to be canceled because people want to feel included when not supporting someone. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. Yeah. And a lot of it too um is subconscious influence. Uh one of the things I read was um a psychologist was talking about um, the website behavioral scientist mm-hmm. says recognize that a patient that the psychologist recognizes that a patient is depressed by examining our own moods once we finish interacting with them if we do feel depressed ourselves a good chance still exists that they are too um, mm. which is I find very interesting on how we like are so influenced in this situation like mentally by another person without even like really knowing who they are you know yeah that's it so one of the things I found, I, I found a gentleman by the name of Andrew H. Hales. So what was he doing? He is, <laughs> so he's a professor, and he specifically studies ostracism. What? Interesting. Yeah. and He's our buddy this month. He's our buddy this month. <laughs> we should have had him on as a guest. We should have. Um, and he does research and uh, things based on how ostracism is painful and how threatening mm. it is. Yeah to the basic need to belong. And that's it's extremely true. Uh, so I'm going to give you a quote here uh, from him, and this is from his research. Uh, After being ostracized, people are motivated to restore this need and achieve a sense of belonging. Troublingly, this suggests that ostracism can leave people vulnerable to recruitment into extreme groups. Just as unappetizing foods become appealing to someone who is especially hungry, extreme groups can become appealing 
to someone who is starved of social connection. Interesting. He yeah. goes on. He has he has these studies that he's did, but it, you can look them up. Andrew H. Hales is his name. It's it, it's very interesting, and, and it makes yeah go ahead so much sense because it is like if you're we're all looking for mm-hmm. a family. We're looking for people who. Yeah. My dad told <clears throat> yeah. me in one podcast we talked about how everybody wants to be loved, and he was like, "Chloe, you should have quoted Morrissey. I am human, and I need to be loved." <laughs> but right. that is extremely. So that's for you, Dad. It's applicable go. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, if if somebody is, I mean, that's one of the reasons why cults work. <laughs> I'm not saying cults should work, but it's, right. it's yeah. one of the reasons yeah. that no, cults work is it. because they're like. They're giving you this sense of, oh, you're not accepted by all these other people or things or whatever. Come to us, even if they're not necessarily doing the right thing all the time. Right. So that here, here's where this comes from, because Andrew talks about things that push you towards feeling ostracized, not necessarily always being these big, massive things mm-hmm that you would think of as being ostracized. It's as simple as just not interacting with someone, right? So mm-hmm. how do we today, how we know about it, how do we think we ostracize people right now in daily life? Well, Is I it look- as big as we think? Yeah, go. you can, you interrupt okay, me anytime. Okay. Um, I looked a little bit into the silent treatment, which I think is, Ooh. it's a way that we've kind of, you know, made We've made a term for ostracization Mm -hmm. in our daily life. Thank you. I did did well. well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's really interesting because, you know, the silent treatment can be seen by some people as like childish. Like I'm giving you the silent Mm -hmm. treatment, but by others, it's seen as like taking the high road. Like if you have nothing Mm -hmm. left to say, if this argument is over, then just like Mm -hmm. stop talking. Yeah. And it's a fine line. It's a fine line. But also it can be considered emotional abuse when used mm-hmm. in like liberal amounts, especially to children, because oh. when children are deprived of like that love and that attention, especially by parents, it can be like really detrimental to them and their development. But I also found a really interesting uh, little tidbit here, which is that women tend to handle it better. A quote here from an, at, um, an article I read on goodtherapy.org mm-hmm. says, some evidence suggests women may respond differently to the silent treatment than men. For example, a study of workplace collaboration shows women were more likely to compensate or attempt to become even more proactive and communicative when ostracized from a group project, whereas men are more likely to give up or loaf. Oh, that's very interesting. Isn't it? That is. I have a story. Yeah. Ooh, I love stories. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was in college, I think I was a freshman, uh, my roommate and I, my roommate and I, we were roommates all four years. We've known. Oh, that's you. nice. Yeah, it was great. We were just put together. We didn't know each other before. Um, but this one time, so she was in a psychology class, and one time we were walking back from um, the cafeteria, and she suddenly was just not talking to me, like not saying a word. Hmm. And I would ask her questions, and I'd be like, Jess, this is this, Jess. And she just would like walk away or like turn to the other person. Mm-hmm. What Silent did you treatment. do to her? I, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All these things started going through my head of like, what did I do? Yeah. Why is she not talking to me? Did something happen in the last like hour that like I didn't realize? Like all of this stuff is going through. Can my I head. ask how you felt too? Because I, I a, were you hurt? Felt so hurt mm. and and like not just hurt, but I felt like I felt hurt at her, but also hurt at myself because 
in my head, obviously I have done something wrong. Yeah. Because this person mm-hmm. isn't talking to me right now. I think at one point I even out loud said, because we were there was a group of us, I think I said, Why isn't my roommate talking to me right now? And she just kind of like laughed and like walked away. And then I ended up like we were going so to she like, ignored you again. She like, ignored basically. me again. And so we <laughs> um, I want I want to know her name uh, right now. Can you please put <laughs> the it in public and we will uh, we'll, we'll take care of it, this Jenna. person right now. You got your back. <laughs> so we <laughs> so like they ended up they were going to go play a game but mm-hmm. I just was like I can't do this. And so I went back to my dorm and you went to sleep because that is how I cope with things I sleep because <laughs> if you sleep mm-hmm. then it's not bothering. Exactly. Interesting. Sure. So because there's another group of people. So I've got Eric Weisselman and Kipling Williams. They've done some studies on this as well, specifically speaking on how on ostracism and aggression and how ostracized people can become aggressive or hostile people. And basically they say that ostracism hurts and hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that ostracism it it drew you back into yourself oh yeah you it, which means that you kind of go into this spiral this is uh, the spiral thing is something andrew talks about in his research and how one thing leads to the next and you you go back in which takes you away from human connection yeah and you kind of then can almost ostracize yourself and then it just becomes this spiral yeah. and then you you I, you become aggressive or you hurt people or you're looking to fill that void with extreme things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be extreme groups, but extreme things, perhaps. I did not Excessive. go to an extreme group. You didn't go to extreme <gasps> Thank God. Good. But if you went and went to sleep, perhaps you go and you extreme sleep. Yeah. Or something like that. Extreme that, sleep. Extreme. That sounds extreme. like that could be a reality show. <laughs> I want to be on that. sleep. Yeah. <laughs> And it's kind of like the whole bottling up your emotions type yeah. thing too. Like it goes both ways by not communicating what's bothering you with the other person. Then it's going to bubble and you're going to get so angry and then not understanding why the other person is angry yeah. and not at, like getting that. It's a painful, painful cycle. Has anyone else ever felt ostracized yeah. in any of? Yeah. Yeah. I'll share a story. This was when I was a little kid, okay? I, as you know, I wasn't the most normal little boy child that society boy would have child. you be, right? That was not me. <laughs> He's wearing purple headphones right now. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Call back! Woo! Hey. That was good, Chloe. <laughs> so, and, and actually, so it was summer. We were outside. Two doors down was a group of kids about my age, and they were playing with dolls on their, their mm-hmm. driveway. They happened to be all girls. And I went over to play, and I was specifically told I could not play with them because I was a boy, and playing with dolls was for girls. So because of my, this is going to sound terrible, but because of my maleness, I was ostracized from that group. I know being who I am gives me lots of privilege in the world, but but at that (laughs) moment, I was left out of something Uh. because... Uh, of something I had no control of. Yeah. Yeah. Does, yeah. That, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how many little things ostracize people? I think we've all felt ostracized at least in a small way at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably pretty often. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's difficult though. Like when it, like in certain situations, 
sometimes it is better not to say anything. But like, so I am a very strong believer in communication. It's, I mean, it's a key to solving all your issues. It's like a, mm-hmm. a, a key to essentially or essentially your mind. Yeah. And But sometimes there are just certain situations where you need a moment not to talk. And mm. that's just, that's not, I don't know if that's essentially um, ostracizing, but it's, it's kind of tying back to the silent treatment. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. Like I said earlier, it's a fine line. Yeah, between yeah. taking the high road and giving the silent treatment. Yeah. I think, but I, I, I think it's even, it, it can go beyond silent treatment. Uh, how about not looking at someone? Yeah. Or not validating someone's ideas. Sometimes even even some negative feedback is addressing a human being rather than just ignoring it. Mm-hmm. And and it brings them in instead of makes them feel ostracized or outside of a group. And I think being ostracized sometimes can like be even dehumanizing because mm. being loved and accepted by others is like so necessary to humanity. So when you don't have that, it feels like you're losing your humanity. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just, sorry. I was just thinking about it all. It's so sad. <laughs> It, I was I thinking like that too. Us. This is a sad it's a, one. It's so sad. But it's interesting too because like, you know, we, we see it as humans, but it happens in nature too with animals. Um, oh. Yeah. And <laughs> I was thinking about the ugly duckling, the story of yeah. the ugly ducklings, yeah. right? And thinking about how that, you know, the ugly duckling was essentially ostracized, but then mm-hmm. it kind of came into itself, right? Um, but thinking about that in nature too, if you see an animal on its own, um, unless it's, you know, like for a reason for hunting or something like that, if you see an animal on its own, it's often because of either something that the animal has done or that animal is sick or, oh. right, like something like that. So it's like the pack is then kind of protecting itself for survival by ostracizing this thing that has either become too aggressive or is past the point of isn't that what all ostracism is in some sense though well sometimes well okay not necessarily um protection and survival because i uh, my family used to have chickens and you've uh heard about um pecking order i think it's what it's called Mm -hmm. where it's just like they all or I don't know what the term is when they actually end up pecking on the other chick. Um, that is really chick. interesting. That is a term that I've heard forever. I know. Pecking order. And when you just put it in the same sentence as chickens. chickens. I, was I was like, like, wait a second. I was like, wait, is that where pecking order comes <laughs> I'm pretty from? Sure. I'm pretty sure because <laughs> it's essentially the entire group of um, chickens will go and literally peck the smallest or the weakest or just a like one of the chickens until it dies. And we had that issue with our chickens. We named them all, and my favorite was Tiny because he Aww. was the smallest. Aww. Or she, sorry. She was the smallest. And, and we had to remove her from the other chickens because they would all peck her but she wasn't a threat to them that's so sad they i i guess i don't even know May, why they did it well can it be said that it is humane perhaps they could sense something that the 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 animal wouldn't live is that a possibility like it's not going to live it's suffering just 
peck it to death? <laughs> well, I've I've just Googled the oh my on my Google machine. I Googled pecking order phrase origination, mm-hmm. origination, origin. Yes. <laughs> and I came up with like a description of social behavior among chickens. And they attack each other by pecking to establish dominance. To establish dominance. So not necessarily just like politicians. to be humane. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I was going with it. You know, when animals are doing that for survival, isn't that why ancient Greece would ostracize people for the survival of their government. We must stop this person. We must get them out. We must remove them for a period of time so that our community, our way of living may continue. And isn't that what cancel culture is essentially doing? It is in essence canceling a person, an idea, a thought, so that a way of living, whether right or wrong, can continue and thrive. This this ostracism can be something which propels our societies to what we desire them to be, whether right or wrong, just most popular, right? Just right. most popular. doesn't have to be right or wrong, although I think historically it is rooted in the the just aristotle way the the way that is ethical and right but on on a low a, a, a different level of it when we take that to our everyday social existence with people i think what we what we do when we ostracize on these micro levels these little levels of not acknowledging someone ignoring them no eye contact. Not talking when you're when you when someone's upset and, and leaving right you hurt. There, why would you talk? To we me? create the next society <laughs> of people who are going to need to be ostracized because they go out looking for human interaction and acknowledgement. They go out and find, as research might say, they go out and find extreme things or ways to cope with, whether it's extreme ideas and extreme groups, or if it's sleeping too much or drinking too much, right? There are all these things that we're creating more aggressive and hurt people who are going to need ostracism when they wouldn't have if we hadn't done micro ostracisms to them at times when it was unnecessary. So when we see people and they're hurt or we see people and they're angry, why? Do we ever stop to think that perhaps the reason is because they don't feel they belong anywhere and that the, that we could just change a little bit of that? Walking down a street, smiling at someone, is a positive way to make them feel connected to humanity. We don't always know how our small, everyday choices really matter. And you can matter to 300 people if you make them feel connected to humanity. Very true. Because really, like, that belonging, we talked about this earlier, but that belonging is necessary for us it's necessary necessary for our survival yeah everyone make people feel connected to you in the smallest way possible then maybe just maybe we won't need to cancel we won't need 
to ostracize if we try to make people feel connected to humanity. Well. <laughs> well, 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 well. well. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this month's episode. Happy April, y'all. Happy it's my birthday time. month. Happy my birthday. Day. Thank you. Oh, so... <laughs> We will see you for our season finale next month. It's going to be May. It's going to be be May. May. It's going to be May. Where our our word will be legacy. I am Dominic. I'm Jenna. I'm Zoe. And I'm Chloe. And you've been listening to the ninth episode of One One Word. See you next month. One word is a production of BFAC on air. Do your song, Jenna. Don't, don't, so <laughs> do your song. Sing your song. Come please. on, right no. now. Please. Yeah, Come let's on. Your song. Jenna, please. Come on. I don't even know if I remember. Okay, now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> the word ostracize is not about ostriches, <laughs> but you can ostracize an ostrich. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. But if you ostracize that ostrich with an oscillated ice fish, then you've oscillated. Wait, then you've ostracized the ostrich to the sea. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Yes, Jenna. Yes. <laughs> Jenna, Jenna, Jenna. Oh, my word. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. <laughs> but you did. You did. Yay.